Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first cross-media show episode of 2021. Now, due to um, my beliefs, I can't wish everybody a Happy New Year, just because, like, my cutoff day for saying Happy New Year was the third, and I feel like if I say it now, it's gonna, it's not going to sound so good, you know? So, do that with what you will. Um, how was everybody's New Year? Han, how was your New Year? Um, it was it was pretty good. It was really um chill. I think we all played. So I played games with. Yeah, and then um, and then watched uh, the two towers with my partner. Okay, that was, that was it. Cool. Fee, how was your New Year? It was great. Um, I got to celebrate Atlantic Eastern. Central Mountain and Pacific uh, New Year's on my Discord. That's a lot of so New Year's. So I was up until 4 a.m. Jesus uh, Christ. Actually, I was, I was up until 5.30, but I made sure that I was up for every New Year's. So every hour we would stop and like be like, whoa, and then like party, and then we would continue playing games. Oh, my God. Yeah, we just did that. Jesus. It was nuts. Yeah, I can I can imagine four that what's that that's five New Year's that you celebrated. Essentially, yeah. Oh god! And I know we fun. were playing games for like eight hours. Oh my so god! We started like three, like an hour and a half before then, and then we continued after. So it was crazy. <laughs> I can imagine. It was a lot of fun. Um, we have a newcomer on the show, Sash. How's it going, Sash? Hello. How's your New Year's? Uh pretty uneventful um over here in california everything's pretty much closed uh i mean like even for takeout yeah. when you want to go in and order uh, you have to wait like outside the property and come back in 15 minutes later to see if your food's ready it's that bad damn um so all i did was stay at home um i zoomed with some of my friends here as well um i actually fell asleep at 10 luckily i woke up again at like 11.30 or so, and then, oh, perfect. Uh, yeah, went back on Zoom with them, and then as soon as it hit midnight, I went back to sleep. Really, really boring. Really, really boring, but okay. um, compared to other years, but, you know, well, it, it was still, it's still, it's a new year, and that's all, that's, it was great. Stay positive. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, we have John returning. John, how was your New Year's? Um, It wasn't. Not, not really much happened. Um, I had to work New Year's Day at 5 a.m., so I went to bed at, like, 7 just to be safe. Um, around midnight, a couple of my friends and my parents texted me uh, midnight Eastern time, and then I said hello. Um, but I went to bed, like, right away, so. Okay. Not a whole lot. Well, uh, my apologies, you know. Yeah. But, like, yeah, also. Five is brutal. This was kind of the year for that to be, I guess. Yeah. yeah like that's working a grocery store during COVID. Yeah. Like that. So. I know the struggles. Um, my new year was kind of okay. You know, like it was me and my family and my girlfriend. And then we waited for the ball to drop and then that happened. And then we watched weird people like <sighs> weird people on TV doing, uh, uh, performances and it was re- very weird, but yeah, was Times Square like completely empty? I don't think so. Like the way that they portrayed it, it didn't look like it was, but um, like uh, they also had people in uh, they boxed everything up, so that also kind of makes sense as to why it looked like that, okay. yeah. Yeah, because there's a there was a picture of like a like the like Times Square the crosswalks were completely empty, and then my friend in Miami is like, dude, I feel like like the club down across the street from me had more people than all of New York celebrating New Year's. Yeah, because <laughs> like I, for some stupid reason, people decided to go down to Times Square and celebrate New Year's. Like I get it, that's the thing that you do, but like this is not really the right time for you to be doing that. But. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, Fiona, thank you for hosting. I really appreciate that. 
I want to start off by doing some a couple announcements. Uh, we are coming out with an anime review podcast, which is going to be very exciting. Ryan is going to be hosting that. Um, let's. I don't know for sure when it's going to come out, but I believe he said it's going to come out this month or sometime soon. Uh, we are also doing. Me and Eric are hosting an MCU podcast which technically might be the cross media show but like how we do with attack on titan just reviewing a wandavision episodes as they come out that's going to be a monday's podcast yeah very fun i'm excited for that um i think that's pretty much it with announcements we're work i'm still working on the the website uh hopefully that comes out before the end of this year um and yeah i think that pretty much it eric is going to be doing his destiny podcast that's going to be uh he had told me it's going to be every quarter but he's hoping to see if he can try to do more of that which is great um so let's get into it we're here to talk about one thing and one thing only disney picks our soul what was everybody's first initial reactions holland um it's Easily one of my new favorite Pixar. Whoa. Okay. And I watched it like right after Wonder Woman, which we talked about last time. Mm -hmm. And um, thank God I watched this after. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I could imagine. I also did the same thing. And yeah, it was definitely a palate cleanser. Fee. I watched it again last night. So good. Ooh. Okay. Fee, initial reactions. Oh, initial thoughts. Okay, cool. It was good. All right, Sash. Good. Uh, yeah, what? one of my favorite uh, Pixar films as well. Um, it's it's beautifully animated. I, I didn't notice that. I went into it completely blind. I didn't see a trailer. I didn't even know what it was about. So, uh, it was, yeah, I I liked it. I saw it for a second time today. So. Okay. Cool. John, what did you think? I liked it. I'm still wrestling with how I feel within that, um, but I did. I did enjoy it. Okay. Solid movie. All right. Cool. Um, I honestly, uh, when I first had heard that this movie was happening, I thought that they put this movie out to die because, like, there was no real advertising for it. It was just that they had put up that, I guess, that little, a couple seconds long trailer of the guy walking and he falls down and his soul was just hanging about and that was it. And I was like, oh no, they're going to screw this up. But Disney Pixar has yet to make a bad movie besides Toy Story 2. So I... Oh, what? Come on. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, Toy Story 2 was amazing. Toy Story 2 was not a great movie, guys. Hold up. You said you choose your one bad Pixar movie to be Toy Story 2 when there's there's Cars and like two other sequels that are like, <laughs> Hey, Cars gave us hey, Listen, listen. Cars gave us the greatest catchphrase in the world, Kerchow, you know? Okay. All right. And what was the other movies that you were saying? Planes. Um, Sorry, Planes was also a, a, a failure. Pixar, but I was thinking of Cars 2 and like Finding Dory. I'm also not, not really into Monsters University. Okay. Alright. Uh, kind of, I feel like Finding Dory was really good. Finding Dory was kind of good. It had good jokes. Yeah. It, it wasn't their worst it was movie, like, but it also wasn't their best. It, you know? it, was, it also, was just it was more like Dory. Puddle party. You know? Oh, nice. Cuddle party. I just feel like on the scale of Toy Story 3 to obviously the lowest of the bunch. Are you you saying you didn't cry at the song that plays with Jesse's flashback? Because, like, that is why that movie, that is why Pixar is like a 10 out of 10. That is a pentacle. Like, that is how they got the Academy Award that year. I'm not saying I didn't cry. All I'm saying is that story was kind of meh, you know? Okay. Well, right. you're wrong. 
Okay, I could be wrong. That's fine. It's my opinion. It, there's no could. There, you are wrong about that because they literally got an Academy Award because of that. That's objective. I mean, yeah, but also Joker got an Academy Award, you know, and that movie wasn't good at all. Also, like three other movies that are way better. You didn't like Joker? No. You know what? I think I need to. Leave. Okay, let me rephrase. <laughs> let me rephrase. Let's <laughs> let let's take back my Joker. Uh, I'm I'm taking that back. My my, my Suicide Squad like got right. an Academy Award, so I don't hold those in high okay. regards. All right. I did you got like me Birds there. of Prey though. I did like Birds of Prey was really good. I liked it. Oh yeah, Birds of Prey. Yeah. But anyway, so, yeah. um. Soul, I I really like this movie. I'm very glad that it didn't suck, and yeah, that that that's my initial thoughts. Did anybody have a favorite scene or a favorite part of the movie? Um, I laughed my uh, my ass off when um they were like in that little soul area, yeah, the, where they everyone gets lost and he, and then uh, she's like, "Well, I've been messing with this guy guy's basketball team for years," and then she like <laughs> hits him, and then she's like, and then it's like, "Oh, the Knicks lose again." Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Oh man. Anybody else? Favorite parts? I adore um, the the scene at the barber shop specifically like everything where 22 is speaking in his body is great but then there's a part where like after she's been on a roll for a while where a guy goes i want one of those and points to the lollipops because she's like seems high as fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely she's like she's got a cat (laughs) holland what was your favorite part of the movie um I struggled to find like a bad scene in it. I but specifically what I always think about is um at the end when 22 becomes a lost soul and um more or less eats Joe's soul and he's in there in like all of the darkness and the chaos and all of her old mentors are raising up and and saying back to her all of these things that she heard but it's kind of in her own voice Mm -hmm. and I just that one was so I cried whenever I first saw that scene and um like I sat up and I was just like so focused on it um and I thought it was just a really brilliant representation of depression and, and trauma and um just Whenever, like, you're a kid, like, the things that we say to kids, they that becomes their internal voice. And I thought that was really, really well done. And um, that's easily, like, one of my favorite parts of that movie. Absolutely. Like, that, exactly how you said it, that, that scene hit me pretty hard. And I just felt like it was beautifully done. But, like... The scene that hit me the hardest where I actually cried was when he's talking about like when he realizes like that music playing music is not really what he's supposed to be doing. Well, I'm saying it wrong, but that's his passion. It's not the same as what he was born on earth to do. That scene hit me the hardest where I was like, fuck, you got me running oh, yeah. for this. I- I, um, sorry to disrupt. No, that's okay. Go ahead. Um, so I, no, I 100% agree with that scene. It's like, I mean, all of us, I think it, uh, I really like, the thing I really like about it is that all of us have that moment in life, or most of us have that moment in life where we, where it's like, what's our, what's my purpose? What do I do? And then we kind of get lost and we go into a dark place. And I think that's what happened to 22 at that moment was she was just in a dark place because she didn't know what she was supposed to do. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that was, um, you know, that was a heartbreaking moment for sure. It was pretty intense. Um, there was that moment. I'm so sorry, but there was that moment that um, she said, like, whenever we see Joe and he's at the piano and he's thinking back, like, he's looking at all the little pieces that she gathered through her adventure. And he's thinking back and we hear him say, um, you know, she's like, I could, I could, my spark could be walking. I'm really good at walking. And he's like, 
those aren't Sparks 22. That's just regular old living. And we hear him say it in this kind of like, it's got like a lilt to it, the way he says it. And then whenever we are in her depression, uh, effectively, Mm -hmm. we hear his like dark mask say it. And it's like, uh, like, that's not, that's not a purpose, you idiot. That's just living. And she hears it so differently. And that's, it, like, affected her so differently because of all of her mentors in her past. And that kind of, like, informed the way she heard things from then on. And that, ugh, I could go on about that scene. But anyway. Agreed. And uh, just, um, just if you think about it, it's uh, kind of like what Ruben was saying, where it's like, you don't really... um, there's there's a difference between a purpose and enjoying life. And he was when he was on the subway, he was looking at his like reflection or whatever, and he's like, "I'm just like flowing through life without enjoying it, just because I'm so uh, I'm just all all I care about is this jazz show. Yeah, that I'm not enjoying life. I'm wasting life that uh, 22 could be having to you know because she's actually enjoying the smaller things." And that yeah. part hit me pretty hard, too, because that's what a lot of people do. They just go on their routine every single day. They don't appreciate the small things like a sunset or, you know, just how, how everything feels and stuff like that. And 22 is really enjoying being on Earth and being able to experience all that kind of stuff. And I thought that was just a really deep part of the movie. Well, yeah, it, it's kind of like how... How the how the the movie explained it pretty nice in the way that when people are stuck in a rut, where that guy just got up and he's like, "What am I doing?" and he just destroys everybody's computers. That is a, definitely a moment I've yeah. had in <laughs> uh, I've had in my life where I'm like, "What the hell am I doing here? Why am I just like going through the?" Uh, going through life like and not enjoying the good stuff and uh, this movie just hits like certain spots in my life where i'm like fuck yes i should be going after something i want i should be not only doing something i'm passionate about but also like yeah it's like that epiphany basically it's like yeah i'm sitting here but i want to you know, I've, oh, you could be like, well, I've always wanted to travel or I wanted to like travel here. Just I, ha- I want to do these things on my bucket list, but I'm not doing that stuff. I'm sitting here. Yeah. Something that I hate or I, you know, or, or, you know, you're like, oh, I've always wanted to pursue a career in this instead of what I'm doing now. And it could be anything really. Yeah. And it's just an eye opener for, for me especially because like as of right now, I am currently going through the motions at my job. Like I'm not really, I wake up in the morning and I just go to work and then I come home. Most of the time I'm just watching TV, doing nothing when I could be like, I'm trying to do more Twitch streaming on my channel. Like I should be doing that. I should be focusing on what I want in life to excel, to do better and to make this channel like not only profitable, but also like something that people would like to come back to. And it, it was a definite eye opener. And I'm really glad that they did not, like I said, they didn't screw this movie up. They made this perfectly. Uh, It just was such a great movie. It's it's, it's like a SpongeBob episode, really like, well, not, Exactly, but in the sense that, you know, for kids, you know, it's those little, like, goofy moments that make them laugh. But then, like, for adults, they understand, like, the deep meaning behind it. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I mean, not, you know, usually Spongebob is just, like, a dirty joke. But, you know, you know the, you, you get the metaphor. <laughs> well, that's the, the metaphor in Spongebob is, like, pr- pretty much everybody, every kid is Spongebob. But when they grow up, they turn into Squidward. Which is yeah. <laughs> definitely true in my case. I've definitely become a Squidward. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anybody else have something to say? I... Go ahead, huh? I have pages. You have what? I took notes. I have oh. pages. Oh, okay. I, I <laughs> Go right I ahead. Tessa, this time around. <laughs> okay. 
Because uh, it was, um, I don't know, this, I could probably watch this movie every week for the rest of my life. Okay. Be totally content. Just because I feel like I need that reminder um, and to just, you know, one, I'm really bad at, um, you know, enjoying my passions and like letting them be more than something I'm just something I love and let them be something that I do. My cat is about to knock down my light. Sorry. That's okay. Um, <laughs> she has no balance. So. <laughs> um, but um, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you get kind of, you get caught up and especially with this last year that we've had, we kind of all do. We get caught up in just trying to make it. Mm-hmm. And we're not, like you were saying, it's just, we're not stopping and, and appreciating all of the little moments. And um, like what was said earlier is that Joe is seeing the memories that 22 made. And we think of them as 22's memories. But since he's back in his own body, they are his now and he can see them. And he gets to have them again and kind of experience them with fresh eyes. And so as much as you want to, you know you want to find something that you're passionate about and you want something that you can really throw yourself into. And that's wonderful. And we all should do that and find something like that. That just brings us that kind of joy. Um, but like what the, uh, what was that guy's name? The one, the hippie dude, I'm not sure what he is. He, um, it was, uh, the, the one. Moonwind. Yeah. Moonwind. Yeah. yeah. Um, he said, when joy becomes an obsession, one becomes disconnected from life. And I was like, oh, crap. Because sometimes, like, whenever you sit and do something so much, it's just, it's not fun anymore. And that kind of sucks. So, I, I don't know, everything about this movie, just it pushing you to have passion, but not lose yourself in it, and not lose yourself in life. And kind of the mom was the other side of it, where she, um was so focused on working and getting by and making sure that her son had a good job with yeah. with a pension and benefits. And the realist. She was on, yeah, she was yeah. on, like, mm-hmm. that part of life. And he was on, like, the passion part of life. And no one, like, it's, and then you have 22 who is all about the little things and can't find her passion. And kind of what we need is to find somewhere in the middle of all three. Yeah, absolutely. You know, to just... Yeah, there's, there's like so many layers. Yeah, there's like so many layers to life that it's hard to it's hard to do all three. I mean, there's it's hard to keep track of all of them. Like you know, there's the simple things, and there's the passion, and there's what you need to get by, and then like you said, this year especially, everyone's stuck in their heads. You know, like what they're gonna do because of of the, what's going on everywhere else. You know, so mm-hmm. I agree with you completely. Yeah. What I am scared of uh, with this movie um, is that it it's it's so good, but it came out so early in the year, and there are so many movies coming out. I'm afraid it's just gonna get buried. Like you know, we have like we have a lot of movies. We have, we have like Wonder Woman, and then we or no, sorry, not Wonder Woman. Wow, uh, Black Black Widow. Yep. We have. I mean, there's a there was a list of movies that I was looking at, and I'm like, I think this movie came out too early in the year. But at the same time, it came out when it needed to because we're in the middle of this pandemic. Yes. Um, so it it was it's a it's a hard movie to decide where you what part of the year you want to put it in. You know. Absolutely. I think Pixar has so much going for them right now, and especially with the list that they sh- um, showcased, or um, almost later last year um, of the movies that they're going to be coming out with. That they realized that this was definitely a movie, and it's really smart them do this because mandalorian just finished and then having all like everything just huge stress ball and knowing that 2020 has just been it was not the year um so i think it was a really smart move to introduce this movie it was kind of weird seeing a bunch of even animated characters being surrounded by people and walking downtown downtown manhattan yep. as if nothing was the like that was that kind of shocked me like when i watched it i'm like this feels uncomfortable like there should not be that many people outside and then i'm like it's an animated movie what the fuck are you going on about (laughs) um (laughs) 
But yeah, it was just there were so many like realistic portions of that movie, and I I kind of wanted to touch base on um, what Holland said about the mom and just being um, and Saj said it as well that she was being very much of a realist. I think it was more on the lines of the fact that she saw like a lot in um, Joe um, as her husband because her husband was a musician and yeah. he went through it, and she even mentioned it offhand during the scene before. Um, she was going to repair his suit was that like i saw your father do this like this store is what saved like was able to keep your father and everyone else afloat mm-hmm. and what happens when i'm gone so her, all she was trying to do was push him into a good job that paid so she knew that if i had to close up the shop or if i pass away that you have some safety which unfortunately and i think it's mentioned a little bit in the movie that there are some times where you need to realize what your dream is and what the reality is and you still want to have that dream and you can still work towards that dream but you still need to make sure that you're staying in reality at the same time yeah because it sounds like joe missed a few points during that and i think he saw it during his museum moment where he kind of looked around and was just like okay i had witnessed a lot of um rejection and then a lot of like not like i took um he took life for granted yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think she was just making sure. I think she was just making sure that his uh, obsession wasn't overtaking his uh, love for life. Yeah. And um, and obviously you know. Or also the job. His realism that he was offered. Yeah, yeah like just uh, so the realism of uh, long-term well-being yeah. rather than the immediate satisfaction of getting uh, of playing one gig really. Is what he ended up realizing. Yep. Which, like, I, when, like, it kind of made me feel, like, uncomfortable at the very beginning. And I'll explain why. Because they're like, you're not a temporary person anymore. You're now, like, you have a full-time job. Here's a salary, health benefits, and everything. As someone who works salary with health benefits and realizing, like, this is not something I'm passionate about, I'm just, like okay, I know this is not where I want to be in the next five years, yeah. for sure. Is it something I want to do that's not going to have any of those benefits? Probably. But <laughs> it's it's just kind of, like, disheartening when you, like, I remember when I signed my contract where I'm, like, I feel like I'm signing myself away. Yep. Like, that's, so I understood mm-hmm. where he was coming from, and I'm, like, this is, I don't know, maybe this is the reason why this is not one, probably one of my top Pixar films, because it was too personal to me that I'm just, like, nope and then i just like like i don't need this realistic nonsense in my life yeah i want to stay in a (laughs) like a rose-colored glass dream world where none of this is actually happening to me thumbs up yeah holland what uh what were you gonna say oh just um earlier when when um they were talking about um him just in his his, uh, his hall of him or whatever yeah, his museum yeah. of memories. Um, that yeah, he went back to his mom, and the thing that struck her and really kind of turned her around on helping him was he said, um, "I'm afraid if I died today, my life would have amounted to nothing." And that's because he had already died, and they'd already seen that, and that. It was really striking and also terrifying, and it just, I, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's kind of what, what seemed to turn her. I only had, um, I had, like, one issue with the movie. Okay. And, well, it's kind of two. One is not with the movie. One is with just what we kind of touched on at the beginning, is that it really didn't get much advertising. Yeah. Um, I didn't know anything about about it and carlos kept going oh i want to watch soul i want to watch soul and he kept bringing it up i'm like what is soul what are you talking about and he pulled up um where you just see like the kind of thumbnail thing and he's like oh it's that and i saw the design for the souls and i was like i hate the design of them they look so bad it wasn't until they were in the context of the great beyond and the great before that they made more sense and i didn't care anymore because the movie was just so good um but yeah, I just I had I knew nothing about it, and he had to kind of like show me a trailer, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll give it a shot. But one thing we both 
talked about that bothered us was that these is that black characters keep getting put into animal bodies. And that was one thing that kind of irritated us. Okay. Is that because it happened with Tiana, she was a frog for most of the movie. And then for Joe, he's a soul. Mm-hmm. And then was, he's a cat for most yeah. of the movie. And it just, it was, was like. movie a couple of years ago where Will Smith was a pigeon and that's the entire movie. Not a couple of years ago. That was last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was last year. Wait, that was 2020 last year? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 2020. I remember seeing the trailer for it. It's like four years long, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, Bothersome. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, same here, though. Like, like I said, I went into it completely blind. Um, the only reason I watched it was because uh, I mean, I, you guys all know Ethan. He's like Saj. You have to watch. It's like the most. It's it's my favorite Pixar movie. And I'm like, well, I, I was just like, okay, I'll, I'll watch it, you know. And then, um, yeah, I just didn't get good advertising because I had never even heard of it until you mentioned it. So, well, yeah, I. Uh... If I recall correctly, they were originally planning on putting this movie out in June in theaters. And then Corona had happened and then they pushed it to December in theaters. And then they had seen – they were hoping that the Pixar movie Upward was going to do great on – Sorry, Onward, yes. Upward and Onward. That's why I keep mixing them up. Onward was going to do great because they had put it up on Disney+. And I don't think it did that well for Disney+. Plus. Like, I, I feel like Mulan definitely did better, but also because they were charging for Mulan. But... Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a movie either. So. I mean, I it was okay. It was all right. Again, it was, a movie. was it... Mulan? No, uh, Onward. Okay, Onward I loved. I thought it was great, but yeah. Mulan, I was like... Yeah, I was, I was talking about Mulan, too. I'm like, Mulan was definitely a, uh, a movie. Yeah, uh, I think Onward, had, what had what Onward had was a great cast of characters. Yeah. Uh, and uh, definitely more characters than just... Yeah. What we had here, which was just Tina Fey and Jamie Foxx, which I mean, there was a lot of people in this movie. Yes, like, I don't know. If- there is, but uh, I'm saying more along the lines of yes, I would say, but more along the lines of like secondary characters. You know what I'm saying? There's a whole B plot in Onward about their mom. Trying yeah, to trying to f- track him down exactly. Nancy gets involved, and she's in like the rest of the movie, and that's like I want to say forty percent of the movie. Yep. Well, I mean, there was a part, like, there was a partial B-plot with the people, from, like, the beings from the... Yes, the Great Beyond and the Great Before. The Great Beyond. And they were trying to figure out... Yeah, the Jerry's and then the Terry. The Terry was trying to figure out who was missing. And then he, um, they found out that it was Joe. And, I don't know. I I just feel like there was... uh, That b plot some uh plot story was definitely less than what onwards b plot summary was mm-hmm. b plot story sorry you know what i'm saying like that felt like 10 percent of the movie as opposed to onwards 40 percent of the movie mm-hmm. if that makes sense for you. yeah I, I i always did laugh though whenever they brought up the great beyond the little square it would always be like oh ah! and then uh every single time i like ongoing jokes like that yeah actually i lied um i just had an epiphany the my favorite part of the movie is where terry kidnaps that random guy and almost like oh yeah puts him in a psychotic <laughs> break in the real world and it's like you'll figure this out uh don't die sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> don't eat processed foods like, die, like freaking out in public yeah and like, go ahead, V. Oh no, I just this. I'm gonna be honest, guys. This was definitely not my favorite Pixar film, and it's probably not in my top twenty. Like oh, it's ooh, like okay, it's uh, 
there are some things about this that I'm not a huge fan of. Like, I think the representation in Death and Coco was way exponentially I agree better. With than you. Absolutely, 100%. I, yeah, yeah. And so, I like this then, movie, but, like, for some reason, I, like, forget about it instantly when I'm no, not watching it. Like, I have a huge that's my uh, problem. summary of it so I can remember characters' names and stuff. Um, because... I'll continue. I, I, I don't know. This is, like, one of the first Pixar movies where I don't have, like, a strong feeling about it. Like, normally, I'll either hate something like the sequels or something like Cars 2, or I'll love it, and Soul, I finished it, and I was like, that was a pretty good movie. And I've never, like, just, like, not even been like, hmm, good movie to a Pixar movie. Like, I either love it, or I'm like, why would you make a sequel to Finding Nemo? It was perfect. Um... And I don't know. There's something about Soul There's... that I just didn't fall in love with, like everyone else has. You know, now that it you s- really s- uh, now that you say that, John, that's exactly what happened to me. Like I saw it, and I was like, "Wow, this was a really good movie." And then I'm currently trying to figure out like points of the movie that I I really like besides of what I've already said, and it's kind of hard for me to realize like what. Like, I remember the movie, but, like, I don't remember all of it. And I don't think it does anything wrong, but I don't think it does anything extremely good. And the problem with Pixar is that when they're good, they're always, everything is extremely good. And I felt like, I felt like, especially the soul designs, um, not so much, like, the interdimensional concepts, I really like those. Those are fun to watch, but, like... The soul designs just felt like this is generic 3D cartoon blob. See, I think that's why I didn't want to watch it in the first place. Yeah. Like, my issue was they had such a representation of Beyond Death in Coco. Then they Mm -hmm. had Wreck-It Ralph, which had an older male character with a sassy little girl sidekick. Was that Pixar? Yeah. Oh, yep. no, that's, I no, think that's, that's Disney. Disney. Yeah. But it is, it is, you know, that the big Disney massive universe. blob that so, is, it's CGI AAA yeah. film. Yeah. So, and like, they have, like, these films that have, like, it represents, like, to me when I was watching it, I'm like, this reminds me a lot of this particular Pixar, like, Pixar Disney film, Disney film. But then there was just, like, particular points where they definitely, like, the story itself, like, when I was watching it, I'm like, this is kind of cool. It's about trying to, like, to not take life for granted and realize that maybe something that you uh, thought was your dream might not be your dream. And so you might find something else that might actually be your passion. And, like, I really like that. Like, I know when it comes to Pixar films, they always try to find, like, a moral at the end, even though they might not just say, like, it was this. It's, like, here this is like what it is but i just it was good i wasn't exactly thrilled at the end like there are so many other pixar films where i was just like i need to sit down for like an hour and just like take a moment to myself because it was like there was just so many things that happened but with that film like i watched it this afternoon again and i'm like okay yeah i i watched it yes i watched it on tuesday and i watched it the day it came out, January 1st. Um, or was it Chris- Christmas? I watched it New Year's Day. Um, I and I, I had this, I had that feeling where I was like, maybe the second time I'll enjoy it more. And I, I did a little bit and I noticed some things more, but I still found it hard to like stick with it and pay attention, especially on that second one. Um, and something else I noticed is like, I, I was looking up like who directed the movie and it's Pete Doctor. The last movie he made was Inside Out. Yeah. And I clicked on that to look at it. And then, like, the Inside Out poster, like, is so much more, like, the, the character designs in Inside Out are so much more expressive mm-hmm. than compared to the designs of Soul. And, like, that's just by looking at the poster itself. And I feel like that's kind of, like, indicative of, like, my issues with the movie is that I I like animation so much for the, the animation, the movement the character designs and i felt like soul it's a little too down to earth for a children's cgi film 
Now, yeah, um, I was I was thinking that too. Actually, I think this one was catered a little bit more to, to adults. adults. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and their struggle rather than like most Pixar films where it can be like you oh you can get lost and uh, forget about all your worries for an hour and a half two hours. Yeah. Uh, while yeah, and this one it's like oh this is really like you know adults go through this all the time and then mm-hmm. you're not really forgetting about it and loosening up you're kind of stressing about it a little bit more like i feel like this is gonna sound silly i feel like they added the cat element to make it more pointed towards kids but for me mm-hmm. yeah i think it would have been kind of cool if they had like Both. joe as like his spirit character following like himself um with 22 being in the body and then him being like talking on their shoulder like almost oh, like, like a, a angel devil, devil angel. kind of yeah yeah and then him kind of being there because like the whole cat element kind of like kind of threw it off for me and then them having like spirit guides that are actually live people that are taking pe- um like people who are yeah like stuck that kind of like mm. there was just a lot of like back and forth I made it almost disjointed to me in a certain way. Yeah. Because, like, how did people who are live actually have access to this? And then, like, I thought that whole scene where they had the person and realizing that this creature is actually just a person's soul just being stuck in this, like, limbo of, I hate my job, I hate my life. And then them finding a way to, like, cheer that person up. Like, I thought that was a really cool concept. But then I found that it just seemed like it was just a thrown-in element in certain portions, especially with Joe still being alive. Like, he's a live character. Like, he was alive playing at the piano, and then he found a way to, like, find himself in the in-between. I'm going to say in-between. Um, and he, like, found the guy on the boat. Um, he found Wind on the boat um, after he played on the piano. And then all of a sudden, now he's considered dead again. Like, isn't the yeah. people in that particular realm? Like, that confused me. It did um, feel really weird that, like, there's a system for, like, how souls are, like, put into the Great Beyond and how they're assembled in the Great Before. And then there's just, like, this boat floating around being like, oh, we got a wayward soul. And there doesn't seem to be, like, any of that connecting to the beings being like, here, you got to get yourself all your stars filled up so you can get a body and be born. Yeah. And there was no attempt to like explain how those sections are connected. Cause you could have like been like, Oh yeah, this happens sometimes. And they have something that takes care of that. But also there's just this crazy guy that just like will zip in and out because he really likes spinning boards. Um, but it, it just felt weird that like that section, it feels so disjointed from the rest of the movie. And it's so yeah. important cause it's how yeah, it's a little bit gets inc- back to earth. Yeah. It's a little bit inconsistent, you know, like, um, you know, for him to do it, he just lays down, like he just falls over, like he croaks again. Uh, Joe does, and then uh, Moonlight is do- still doing the sign spinning thing, like he's not, like he's not even gone. So that, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, there's there's some inconsistency there for sure. Yeah, and I think like one of my favorite portions of the film, like you, like I'm very much like a visual person. I love animation, like art's my thing. I literally do art, but. It was the point where, like, 22 as Joe just sitting on the sidewalk and looking up at the tree. I'm like, this is actually my favorite part of the film. Just, like, them taking a moment and realizing that this is a life. Like, I'm, this isn't just, like, some crazy thing. Like, it's not, like, me having to pick soccer or, like, philosophy or something. But this is, like, literally just, like, because I find myself doing that in certain moments that I know everyone does. Where you just take a moment and you, like everything feels like it stopped for a second where you realize like everything else is like somewhat bullshit. Like I could be doing like cool money, like everything, like have be the stress that I have. Like obviously mental health is like nuts. I understand. But just being like realizing that like that's a living thing. Like that tree there is a living thing. Everything around me is living. And then just taking a moment to take a deep breath and being like, this is cool. Like being in a physical body, being here at this particular point in time is insane. And so I think 22, that that was the moment where 22 was just like, I want to be human. Like I, she said that she, or they had been talking about the fact that they've been 
there for thousands of years and couldn't just appreciate life. And now they appreciate life, not because of soccer, not because of an insanely huge city, not about music, but just having these like little moments um, within a certain short period amount of time. Like really just that particular point just made the film for me. Give me one second, guys. Hold on. Uh, Jess, could you give us uh, a couple more minutes? I'll let you know when to come in. My bad. That's okay. That's all right. (laughs) All right. uh, Yeah, so what I was going to say was um, uh, I agree. Like, uh, that that part of the movie, that specific scene was great also. Um, Just to add one more thing on that is uh, that seed that, uh, that, uh, you know, she was – Holding, I think she uh, twenty two felt like um, like it had a con- like she had a connection with it because that was basically her, you know. It was it was, yeah. it was a seed and it's gonna turn into a tree or a plant and that's where she is. Yeah, where she goes that back. fell from something like fell mm-hmm. from a high space down to earth and is mm-hmm. now going to become the potential a- for life. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's when it clicked to her where she's like, I want to live, you know, I want to be a yeah, and that's what uh, I, John had said something before that they didn't really do anything great in this movie. I would say uh, the realization for Twenty Two that like she actually does want to to you know become a human and you know actually live life. That I think was the one of the best things that they did in this movie, which was like for me it it gave me a new found appreciation to just stop and smell the roses. You know, like life is fair for me. My life is very mundane. I go to work, I come home and I don't do anything, go to sleep and then go back to work. So go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I I used to, I used to go on this uh, hike a lot and I would always try and make it by sunset. And I remember, and this, this was two years ago. I used to go like every week, and I would always go there and just enjoy the sunset. Time would stand still, and I haven't had time to do that lately. And watching the movie made me miss that, uh, just to enjoy like a sunset and sit on a rock and yeah. uh, not, you know, just kind of just forget about the stuff that's on the bottom of the hill. And um, yeah, this movie definitely makes me kind of want to go back to doing that. Because it's just kind of like it shows how beautiful life can be without materialistic things. And, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, playing gigs or, I mean, I guess for me, video games and watching movies. And, like, just go outside and forget about that for a little while. Yeah. And uh, enjoy life at its simplicity. Yeah. You could say. Exactly. And I do agree with Holland in the sense that, like, this movie shows me that I should be appreciating things. So I think that it is something that I will be coming back to just Holland, no offense, but not every week because I feel like that, (laughs) that also plays a part in like the repetitiveness of, I I guess life. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I did have one question for you guys. Do you think you would feel differently if you saw this in the movie theater? If Corona didn't happen and if they sent this out in movie theaters, would you have felt differently if you saw it in the movie theater? No. No? Okay. Mm-mm. John, what about you? I, I think I would have felt more involved in the film because I noticed that because I'm – I'm watching it at home, and I was checking my phone every so often sometimes. Yeah. Um, I I was a little more distracted than I would have been seeing it in the theater. Um, but I don't think my feelings would have changed too much because I think the best parts of the film were the parts I was paying attention, the extremely uh, quiet and focused parts. Um, and somehow, like, even those parts didn't, like, extremely excite me. Okay. All right. What about you, Holland? Mm, no, I think of if anything, I maybe would have felt even more moved by it, mm-hmm. e- even more so than I already did. Um, I think just for 
being in a theater and having it on that huge screen and all the sound around you and everything, it that's um, just really impactful. Um, I think I would have been a little disconnected with, um, you know, a bunch of kids laughing at a bunch of the different jokes and yeah, that I mean that's that would have been about it for me. But otherwise, it's I um I connected with it. And I think I would have connected with it regardless. Okay. Fiona? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Um, they're um, kind of going back and to like, I watched a number of Pixar films just at home and not in the movie theater. And I felt more connected to those films All right. um, than I did this one. Um, for example, I pretty much couldn't watch Up for like probably almost like six to seven years because I couldn't make it past the first ten minutes. And so movies like that, Wally, um, and just I know I mentioned earlier Coco, but just as a comparison with Pixar films because that is one way that they've already represented the afterlife. And so it's probably the best option in the Pixar repertoire of comparisons like I watched Coco from home and cried like a little baby a lot watching that film I probably got a little bit of like I got a little bit emotional when um, 22 consumed Joe and then hearing all of her the voices in her head Um, but other than that it just I don't know what happened. I okay. Get disconnected as but. I thought I was going to. Because I was expecting to cry. Because everyone's like, you're going to bawl because I'm an emotional person. And I'm like, I don't know what happened. Okay. That's fair. I was prepared. I had Kleenexes. Yeah. I mean, I, sweet. I was also prepared to cry for this. And it. I, I, I was almost there. And then I just, it, it didn't happen, which kind of sucks. You need a good cry sometimes, you know? Yeah. Which is why I got uh, Toy Story 3 over here. Just waiting for me to throw it in the PS5. I just remember that there was a fourth Toy Story movie. Like, quite frankly, I don't know. Say that again, Fee? The fourth one is good. Fourth one is really good, but I, I think... The most impactful scene for me in Toy Story, in all of Toy Story, is them holding hands in the incinerator. And oh, you, yeah, because yeah. you actually think it's I fully expected that, them yeah. to die. I fully expected that to be the end of the movie. And then the fade in um, of you got a friend of me just fucking hits, and I just start um, crying. Honestly, like a baby. the scene that makes me cry the most is Andy. Passing the toys over and talking about oh, that's another the toys. Yeah, yeah. that's that, another one. Like them, like almost dying. Like I was like on the verge of tears and I was like getting choked up. But him explaining it, I was sobbing. I watched it a drive-in and I like I'm sorry to the people who were sitting around my car, like in different cars. I was like in hysterics. It was I, rough. It was a I, rough watch. I was yeah. I. I believe my cousin had taken me me to see that movie. I was hysterical. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's regular little children watching this movie and they're like, they don't know what's going on. Some of them don't know what's going on. They're just here to see a Disney movie. And I'm over here like, no, like, this is my childhood. I uh, probably have watched Toy Story 1 about a thousand times. Just because, like, that was my favorite movie when I was younger. And I think I broke my VCR because of that movie. So I have a very strong connection to Toy Story. And oh, I, man. I was in the theater watching Toy Story 3 a month before I was going to my first semester of college. Which, that movie is also, like, the last day before Andy goes to college. And yep. I was like, this is like the perfect like way to end this franchise in my life specifically. It's yeah. fucking Yeah, my work. mom when I went to when I when I went to college my mom gave away all my DBZ toys and I got very upset. 
<laughs> and I, I think like remembering Toy Story three like just really highlights how weird it is that like this movie. I was expecting to get something similar to that from this movie, and I didn't. And like, I, 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 I felt a lot of hard things in like Inside Out, and I felt a lot of intense things in Coco, and. I really expected something like that from this movie, and I just didn't get it somehow. Yeah. Like, if someone plays Coco, like, remember me? Oh, gosh. I, my, I'm Hispanic. My parents listened to music like that all the time growing up. Like, that hurt, That hits me so hard. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I, I think the scene that would have done it for me is when he confronts his mother, because, like, I know that feeling of, like, your parents being like, you got to do the like the safe thing so you can like take care of yourself when I'm gone, and like mm-hmm. it, it was almost there for me, but not quite. Yeah, I have yet to. Sorry, Sash. Um, I have yet to have that conversation with my family, where it's like telling them, "No, I'm not taking the safe job. I'm going to pursue my passion." And with Hispanic parents, it's kind of different where they will like slap you upside the head and tell you are you effing stupid no you're going to take the job whether you like it or not kind of like also in this movie but I feel like that's a tough conversation that I'm going to have with my family let alone my parents and I'll probably get there one day uh, in a couple years just not now you know yeah I'm, I'm I'm very fortunate. Uh, you know, usually Indian parents they'll uh, be like, "No, you have to do this. You have to do this." And you know, really strict about making sure that you're you're financially and um, you know just you have you have everything you need for if they're gone. Um, when I had that talk with my parents, where I'm like, "Well, maybe I want to pursue this instead of this or this instead of this," my uh, family would always say, "I." will support you no matter what you want to do so i was very fortunate and uh you know a lot of my other indian friends their parents are not like that so so um you know but i, I do see uh where she's coming from at the same side you know yeah uh, you know it's it's her son and she doesn't want him want to have him struggle like uh his father did so absolutely I, you know, it's, it, I, I see both sides, unfortunately, well, not, not unfortunately, but I, I, I understand what both sides are saying. I just wish that Joe had a, uh, how do I put this? I, I just wish that Joe didn't have to hide his true feelings about life and his life and how he should pursue his dreams and goals i wish it was better than him hiding it from his mother like he was forced to because yeah uh because you know there was the rip in the pan correctly so i just realized something uh an important part of joe's story doesn't get resolved and that's when he he's disillusioned after his first performance um and he's like, oh, so what do we do next? And he's like, we come back in and we do it all over again. And they never reveal what he decides to do from that point, I don't think. Like, do we find out whether he's going to stick with a safe teaching job? Because, like, cause, like, they seem to imply that, like, he does have a love for teaching. Yeah. Especially with that scene with the girl that almost quits. But don't remember if they ever show like what happens after he like gets to live again if he decides to stick with like playing music as a performer yeah all he says is i don't know all i know is i'm gonna enjoy every bit of it so you don't really it's like an open ended. yeah i do guess that Um, that that is yeah that's the point it's um because if we were given one definitive answer that's kind of like saying that the right answer is the passion or the right answer is the stable job or the right answer is, and to leave it open-ended just kind of allows for everyone who's doing it to write their own ending for that character Mm -hmm. and for themselves. And I think that's kind of the point of the, of that story. Every Every Pixar film has a title card at the beginning. 
beginning and you'll notice that the title card is actually at the end of the film because it's actually indicating that that's the beginning of his new life oh yeah, that makes sense pretty that's good yeah cool. huh. I, did, I, I did have I did have one thing I also just noticed too is um, and it's a really 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 small thing um, where when 22 first goes into Joe's body she's like oh I have your braid and there's this girl named Lisa and I'm like okay why did she have to say that if like yeah. it would be really cool if she went back he went, like because she's in his body and she's doesn't have all that anxiety or whatever that he has mm-hmm. that, that maybe she would call her and they have some connection. And then when he goes back into that body, maybe he can, can, can uh, continue having it, that connection with uh, so-called Lisa. But instead uh, they just made it a one line thing and you're just like, okay, so why did they, why did she even put, why did they even put that line there um, in the movie? If, if there's nothing, Gonna, that's gonna really it's just completely irrelevant to the rest of the movie so that's just one thing i noticed it wasn't wasn't a big big deal but it's just something i noticed yeah i also noticed that and i was like at the end well yeah what happened with that and kind of disappointed that they didn't get to anything with it but i get it mm-hmm is what it is yeah i wasn't too upset about that like it just it gave him a little more there's like that relatability of like that kind of you know this flame that is still there and you know at least in his mind or like maybe the one that got away or something like that yeah and whenever it gets to the end he's like you know i'm just gonna i don't know what i'm gonna do but i'm gonna live every minute of it or whatever it that's another option and I really wanted to make a pun, but I'm going to refrain <laughs> eating at me. Okay. Nope, I'm going to do it. He has the new Lisa on life. <laughs> uh, well done, well done. Oh, yeah, yeah that one, I give that one a good, one, a good score. Well, ladies and gentlemen, and non-binary people, um, I unfortunately, it's that time of the uh, podcast to end it. So, yeah, that was a really bad segue, but uh, it is what it is. Um, we're going to start doing some plugs. Holland, do you want to plug anything? Um, no. I'm Grizzly Expressions on Instagram. Okay, cool. Fee, any plugs? Yeah, um, my Twitter... Um, is Zoranix, um, Z for Canadians, but um, for Americans, it's Z-U-R-A-N-I-I-X, but also showing at the bottom right-hand side. Um, I'm actually going to start streaming in 30 minutes on my Twitch channel as well. I'm going to be playing Immortals Phoenix Rising with V because my name is V. Well done, well Um, done. Also, on Sundays and sometimes Mondays, I'm actually on this channel and we talk about Attack on Titan Season 4. Yes. Amazing and super I will awesome. be catching up on that. Uh, yes. yeah. um, it is going to be spicy this week, boys. Spicy indeed. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's hope. Um, oh, it will be. Okay. Okay, good. That's all you have to say. Uh, I recently checked the YouTube channel, and we have 100 views on our last episode, which is the highest <laughs> my channel has ever gotten. So, yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, That's oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm very excited about that, and I'm excited for the rest of the season, and I can't wait for that. Sash, any plugs? Uh, No, not this time. Okay, cool. John, any plugs? Uh, you can find me at Twitter at at Noisy Shark. That's at N O I Z Y Shark. Uh, I have a capture card and a microphone, so at some point in the near future, I will be uploading videos to YouTube. My first video is going to be about how I am playing almost every single mainline Mario game. I, at least, definitely the main trilogy of one. The American version of Mario Brothers 2, Mario 3, Super Mario World, Super Mario 2, World 2, Yoshi's Island, and then uh, the Mario 3D Collection, 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy. Wow. Um, everything after that is a little harder to get. Um, I just kind of want to track, like, 
Mario from the very beginning up until like Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be like how the video game industry has shifted throughout all of those games. Wow. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, I got nothing here to plug, but what I've said at the beginning of the show, uh, we got a couple new shows coming out this year. MCU, Wandavision uh, show coming out. I think the Monday after Wandavision comes out, which is going to be great. I think uh, my first guest, me and Eric are doing guests each, so my first guest is actually going to be Holland, which is going to be fun. Um, we got. Uh, the anime show that Ryan is doing, which is going to be great. I can't wait for that. Um, and like I said before, Eric's Destiny podcast will be coming back. I uh, definitely want to get on Eric's good side and make sure that, you know, he's content and happy because that man, uh, believe it or not, I owe him a lot of thanks because he actually has helped me through a lot uh, with doing the podcast and stuff so yeah eric thank you all right that's that's all you're gonna get out of me that's it um thank you guys for joining me and talking about soul really appreciate that um we will see you in a couple more minutes we are talking cobra kai season three after this which is gonna be great yeah I joined, but I'm. I just finished season one last fight last that's, night. So. That's that's totally yeah. fine. Oh, do Don't you worry. love? It's pretty. It gets pretty intense next Oh um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited ex- for you. Yeah, I'm excited to catch up on the show. Okay, cool. Have a good night, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.